0: Hey, this is Mike with Innovation Room, and uh, welcome to the podcast. Today we have Jim Carl from Vested Medical, and we talk about surgery centers and how things have changed over the years and the way that uh, many doctors are doing surgeries and the the volume of surgeries that are happening, and how what Jim sees in this industry is what's changing, and how they handle all of the influx of uh, of volume that's coming in. So uh, sit back and enjoy. I welcome Jim Carl. If you would just like talk about a bit about your role in your company, what the company name is, and and you, your role there, and um, and we talk a little bit about how you work with your surgeons, and Oh, then we'll get into Yeah, I'm okay. working
1: for a company called Vested Medical, and what Vested Medical is is they are a unique company and. Uh, one of the first of its kind in the United States that offers off-site sterile processing. So in the environment of uh, orthopedic and spinal reconstructive surgery, where you're getting an artificial knee or a hip or having spinal reconstruction, there's a number of toolboxes that need to be delivered for those surgery and instrument sets that the surgeon uses to implant the devices. And there is a sterile processing department in most of the, you know, in all of the hospitals and surgery centers that have to process and sterilize all that, those instruments. And oftentimes that creates a bottleneck in the supply chain of the, the, just sort of the continuum of care. So what this company's unique process is they take that offsite and basically act as a third-party logistics provider of sterile processing so they've got a an innovative um building that they've developed that's state of the art in Elmhurst and uh we're soliciting hospitals and surgery centers as well as the vendor OEM manufacturers to um to adopt the process and adopt the service right now. Okay. So well,
0: it's, let me let me make it's sure I got the that.
1: supply chain.
0: Got it. So with certain types of surgeries you're saying with like knee surgery, back surgery, is it all types of os- osteo, whatever? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you,
1: you'd kind of categorize most of that. It's orthopedic procedures because or- orth- orthopedic being bone and, yeah. um, you know, bone, bone, bony focused and joint focused. So it. it's for the high volume level of procedures, you know, people that are getting knee and hip replacements and people that are getting, uh, reconstructive spine surgery.
0: And so the instruments they use are unique in that they need to be sterilized a certain way. And not all, so some of the instruments can stay on site, it sounds like, but some of them need special care. And that's where you guys come in and take them off site and sterilize them and bring them back? Well, so the the vendors themselves, and there's a number of
1: different vendors out there, as you can assume, uh, the vendors themselves supply the hospital with uh, the, the instruments to do the procedure. Okay. Then the hospital themselves have their own set of instruments sort of the general general instruments that they that they use. And then oftentimes what happens is the these departments are very um tight for space as the, you know just as evolution has as occurred and they get more they get busier and busier. So where they used to keep a lot of the vendor instruments sometimes in house now, oftentimes those instruments are brought in and out of the hospital on a daily basis or every other day, couple day basis, you know, just based on the schedule, because also those instruments are being used at other locations throughout wow. a, a given geography. So they're, they're oftentimes called loaner instruments because they're just sort of, uh, there, there's no fees exchanged for it, uh, but there's, they're, they're, the vendor is loaning the instruments to the hospital or a surgery centers, so the surgeon can use those to ultimately implant that vendor's uh, devices.
0: Okay. So, um, so, there's, so there's, there's, there's there's
1: lots of things to get into. Reasons for why, you know, obviously this company's new service has some advantages to the providers, be it the surgery centers and the hospitals. Um, and a lot of it just has to do with efficiency and inventory control and. Um, economy of scale, cost effectiveness,
0: and your company again is called what? Vest, vested
1: medical, Vest. yeah, V E S T E D medical.
0: Got it. And the um, the center you t- talked about in Elmhurst, right? That's what what's the role? What what happens there?
1: So that is basically the uh, a high. It's a brand new state-of-the-art facility that is designed to be or is a sterile processing department. It I would see. be very similar to what is in the you know the basement of a hospital or in a in the particular room of a surgery center, but it's 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 state of the art. Um, you know, there's a lot of hospitals that exist in surgery centers that have antiquated equipment or older departments that may not you know they were built maybe 10, fifteen, 20 years ago prior to um, this 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 massive explosion of of patients that are, you know have desire to get their their knees and, and hips fixed.
0: Right. So that that's interesting. So um, what you're saying is that uh, there is, I mean, you just said that there's this massive um, demand on uh, orthopedic surgery at this point or like, when, when do you think this kind of started? Well, I mean, the the uptick in all the uh, orthopedic surgeries going on. It's, you
1: know, a lot of it has been um, driven by, you know, population and the baby boomers and P and, and also the the design and advancement in the technology that exists in the devices themselves. So, you know, back in the day, you know, folks like our, our parents would have, you know, been shying away potentially from getting a, a knee or a hip replacement because maybe they heard a friend of theirs got, got one as well, or some of their older relatives got one, and it didn't last for whatever reason. It could be a, a number of different reasons why it wouldn't have lasted, but some of it... Hang on one second. Yeah. I'm sure this is just my... uh my uh, car, my my car extended warranty needs to be updated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so as as technology has advanced, there, there you know that, that there was a given lifespan on the uh, the implants and the themselves. Um, but there the, the technology is just advanced. So where at one yeah. point people would have expected a knee artificial knee to last them. You know ten to fifteen years, now people can confidently say that a, a knee or a hip's going to last in 25 to thirty years uh, and maybe and maybe more, maybe beyond that. So you have this the, you have the the baby boomers that are out there that are saying, "Well, you know I'm sixty five or seventy, and you know mom got a knee at eighty, but she lived in pain for ten years. I still want to play play in the yard with my grandkids. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna get my knee now, and then right. and then also along those lines are guys like us in their their fifties or forties and maybe even thirties that have had sports injuries or whatever it is, and and they're saying, hey, I have a quality of life that I want right. to live, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go for the surgery because the technology is there. Um, so it's just really the proliferation of better technology better techniques uh, better surgical outcomes that are, have been just driving this market and um, I mean the the market's exponential um, the, the, it's like a hockey stick over the next couple of years uh, for for folks that are going to need these types of procedures
0: wow the desire to get them. you've got the so you've got the demand of you know there's patients coming in and get the work done because there's better techniques there's better Uh, better medicine, essentially, to to help them. And it lasts longer. So that demand causes just an influx of more of the instruments to be used, which requires, you know, vested medical to have to, you know, come in and say, hey, well, we'll take this batch of instruments and 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 sanitize them on a schedule or something, right? Correct. Yeah. So that's cool. So tell me about like you, you, we've talked before about the, um, well, you're in, you actually go in the, in, into surgery. And do you do that anymore where you have to go in and tell the doctor how to use the instruments? I found that fascinating. Uh,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I've, I've done that for the past 20 years and with, with Vested, I personally, I have sort of stepped away from that now, yeah. uh, but I, I sort of am now, so instead of representing, you know, a couple different manufacturers and, whatever it might be, knees, hips, spine, shoulders. Um, I work now agnostically with all of the manufacturers in trying to help them deliver surgery better. So that is our, that's Vested's goal. And just having been around the industry for so long, you know, I I, I know where a lot of the pitfalls are and the sort of the mousetrap for what Vested's created was very intriguing to me, and the reason why I've, you know, I've sort of joined the company now is because they're, they're they, they've come up with a real solution to um, mm-hmm. really it's 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 sort of simple supply chain logistics um, right. for what what they're doing, and then they have a technology platform. I mean, they have um, they they have a, a specific. Technology platform that they refer to as and that they they coined ground control, and what ground control and they've they've provide, they've applied for a, a patent a, a pen they have patent pending on this ground control. And ground control does basically is talks to everybody and mm-hmm. coordinates everybody, um, coordinates the the surgery schedule, coordinates the vendors, coordinates the delivery the. The what does the, what is the doctor need for this specific procedure? What instruments, what tools is he specifically requesting? And then coordinates with the uh, the vendor themselves to double check I- that for accuracy. Because, you know, I always kind of, for folks that don't understand, you can kind of refer to it as like, you know, you're a golf club and, and the vendor is like the caddy to the golfer who is the surgeon. And he's got a set of golf clubs. And you know maybe for a particular pr- procedure he only needs the the pitching wedge and the sand wedge um though the vendor has everything and oftentimes the vendor brings the entire bag and it's a it's a waste it's just, it's a waste of resources it's a waste of materials there's pressure on the you know on, on the ecosystem the green you know trying to be green and, right. and again just the economy of scale to be able to do that so part of what this ground control does is um helps bring all of the details of the procedure to the surface sooner in the continuum of care so that the vendor can chime in and say, Oh, okay. I understand exactly what needs to be delivered for this. I don't need to bring in every or have everything brought in. I can, I I can pare that down to
0: what, what is only absolutely necessary. Cool. So, so ground control is helping, manage the um so they're they're helping manage the supply chain with the vendor and and the surgeon
1: correct vendor surgeon hospital or surgery center
0: correct yeah yeah and certain surgery centers are an interesting um uh thing that's that's come up in the in the last few years i think right i mean um they I never, yeah. I never had a lot of experience with going to the surgery center, other than for my son once about two years ago. Um, but that was the first time I was ever in one, and apparently they're they're pretty common for a lot of surgeries now.
1: Absolutely, and and that's it. Certainly, is part of why one one of the business propositions of why Vested uh, exists. They. Um, there, you're absolutely correct. So what, what's happening is there's a, there's a paradigm shift in the elective procedures. So, you know, people will say, um, and sometimes it sounds kind of crude, is sick people go to the hospital. When you need a procedure done, you, you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. When you need a knee replacement, you want that done. So it's elective. So you're choosing to do that. You could hobble around and be in pain and taking medication and, 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 and probably be able to get by. But again, we were talking about that level of quality of life. And, you know, we live in, a, in an advanced society that, you know, the, by and large, folks are insured even through Medicare and Medicaid uh, affords them the opportunity to choose and, and elect to get a procedure so, because of that, and actually, COVID's helped push it along. Is and again, based on the the techniques and the successes that uh, have been developed in the surgeons' hands and in the the device makers' arenas, they've a, they, they've made it where the outpatient surgery centers um, is, it, in my opinion, it's it, it's potentially a better place to get a joint procedure done. Mm-hmm. Um, just by the level of, they're just laser focused in on what they do, um, not the broad stroke like you might get at the hospital. It's not to say you don't get bad or you don't get good care at the hospital because you certainly do, and it and that will certainly maintain and remain. But mm-hmm. there's so many cost pressures because when when people that qualify to get an outpatient joint procedure, they are, they're going to go into the surgery center in the morning they're going to have the procedure and they're going to go home to recover in the comfort of their own home that afternoon. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that, that's a big thing. And you can imagine if someone has to stay the night at the hospital, just more costs on the system Yeah, uh, in, in general. So there's several things that have advanced that, but the projections are right now that in by 2025 the volume of outpatient procedures that are done at the surgery center, specifically artificial joint procedures, is going to grow by uh, by six times what it wow. is today. Yeah, so that's not necessarily that the the total market is the market is growing. Um, yeah. You know, at at, at you know percent, but the, the 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 those procedures are going to be taken to the outpatient setting in uh, in droves. Over the next several years,
0: yeah, that's un- that's incredible. And so the surgery centers are kind of you know, they're they're pretty much a must have at this point. Um, cons- well, especially because yeah. I mean, the pandemic you're, you're and lots of
1: there, there's lots of economics that come into play. You know, with that there's surgeon economics, there's payer economics, um, and the hospitals themselves are investing in their own outpatient surgery centers, um, yeah. or they're co-investing with. Uh, independent surgeon partners, or um, there's there's groups that exist around the uh, the nation now. There's probably six or seven major groups that have sort of a cookie cutter operation. You know they 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 can they can put you in you know, you you isolate the real estate and they can help you build a surgery center and, in a matter of you know months and help you go through the all of the red tape and accredited systems to be able to open up and and start performing surgery. Mhm-
0: well wow. yeah that's that's quite amazing um I want to ask you about something else. I'm not sure how much you know about this, but i, I read about this uh, uh saw this somewhere not uh, just to, like last week just so these a r assisted surgeries augmented yes. reality yep they they use the goggles and to do something you know anything yeah. about that
1: absolutely yeah, yeah I mean robotics has been in surgery for for many many years now um okay. And predominantly, it was um, uh, it was being done in uh, uh, bariatric procedures, which are more like abdominal and um, mm-hmm. you know things like that. But as technology again just to continue to advance, robotic surgery is now in multiple uh, procedure or multiple service lines, specifically orthopedics. So now they've taken. You know, a spin onto the robotics procedures, and they're going into augmented reality, which is, you know, it's you. you it, a lot of folks are familiar with Google Glass, and you'd be able to have your, you know, your clear glasses on and still see everything in front of you, but have an image overlay on the on one of the lenses or both of the lenses. And a lot of what this augmented reality does is it takes prior CT scans or MRI scans or even intraoperative X-ray scans. And once you, um, you 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 take a, uh, some points of orientation on the bony surfaces, um, you know, with three points, you can basically orientate yourself anywhere in space. And then that augmented reality takes over and it allows you to sort of uh, like some folks will say, like swim underneath the pool cover. So oh. you could see what exists underneath the, the skin surface and it allows you to potentially work hmm. in an environment that's a couple poke holes um versus right. uh you know a complete open incision.
0: Do you see that as being a major uh shift in surgery to be, be able to use that sort of technology? Or is it just very specialized? It is specialized right now. It's advancing.
1: It's and it's advancing pretty quickly. I mean in our market, downtown at Rush, they've adopted a couple surgeons have adopted it for spine surgery. Um, you know, knee surgery uh, in hip surgery, you, you still have to have an open incision to be able to, uh, to be able to put in the implants. So yeah. I've seen it and I've seen it mocked in, in, in those environments and I'm sure there's folks that are out there that are developing different platforms. But um, you know within spine surgery and again, more like abdominal type of surgeries, I, I've seen it. It's been out there for a couple of years right now and um, it, it's interesting. It's, it certainly is emerging technology. Where it's going to go and its has it's the real, real benefit for it is, is what's being scrutinized right now and mm-hmm. is up to measure. You know, sometimes, you know, just like a lot of other things that exist in the world is sometimes people develop products or services or widgets that are looking for an indication versus yeah. taking an indication and then developing a product to, to, to serve and fulfill a need. So there's balances there, you know, like even some of the, the purists will say even the robotic surgery for a a knee replacement may even slow them down. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, and and you can argue levels of accuracy that maybe a robot's going to give you, but these surgeons are, you know, they're surgeons for a reason and they're pretty amazing in their own right. Where, they can they can still they're still really, really good carpenters and may not need that uh, that yeah. additional robotic assistance. Because you know, if a surgeon that can do an artificial joint procedure in 35 minutes versus someone that takes an hour and 35 minutes, that level yeah. of time that a patient's underneath anesthesia, that 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 has lasting effects on a, you know, on, on, on a patient. And for sure. And, and it makes it makes a difference.
0: For sure, let me let me go back to the the explore conversation real quick, and then we'll uh, jump into the last bit here. Um, so we start you started talking about explore or. Tell me again what um, what they're all about. Well, again,
1: I mean, I I I know a couple of the guys over there, and I know yep. basically what their platform is. But you know, it's a it's a digital platform that takes these like we we're talking takes the, the the vendor and the hospital. And kind of in in collaboration digitally to be able to bring the vendor into the OR in in a virtual platform where the operating room could have access to the the vendor's files that may be videos or surgical techniques. And they can quickly access them in the OR and be able to answer their questions quickly without having the the vendor representative stand there for extended periods of time. When, when maybe they 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 may or may not ever be needed, um, or even in, call for in, surgery. Yeah, and it allows them to 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 be able to access and call those 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 vendors' representatives in a you know, sort of in a Facetime Zoom environment, um, so they can actually put eyes on what's going going on in the room and, and be able to to offer any assistance or guidance as it may be in relationship to their uh, their specific products. Mm-hmm. so again cool. it's a, so it's an it's a it's a it's yeah. an interesting platform that certainly exists out there and again it's it's agnostic to the to the vendors that that are out there it's not a specifically sponsored program or or product that's being delivered by you know what a lot of people you know would call sort of the big four or big five um, vendors that are in that space right now and and predominantly they are I mean, they have a focus in just general operating room services, of course, um, but where yeah. the vendors really come in are, you know, some of the, you know, where there's, there's a high technical, um, you know, high tech device that's being used. Sure. And, and, the, and, and the reason, you know, that it's necessary is, is the, the market is advancing so quickly and the yeah. surgeons are so busy they oftentimes don't have time to, to keep up with all of the, the trends and new widgets and new devices. So, you know, the, the need for for folks like what I had been doing and uh, what a lot of, a lot of good people still do is, you know, is, is being that, being that, that quarterback in the, the operating room to, to help the procedures just go smoothly as, as being a, you know, a technical expert.
0: Hmm. Right. So what do you see as some of the big challenges facing your industry right now? I mean, I'm guessing something to do with the pandemic maybe, or um, where do you see things that might be like where innovation is lacking or where, or maybe a big challenge or big shift yet to come that uh, people have been talking about for a long time?
1: Well, a, a lot of it right now is... And, and, and I you know again I'm biased because I, I feel like I'm in I'm in a, a pretty good space right now and a lot of it is um, what and, and and different companies will coin it with a different phrase but it's it's uh, it's the supply chain and it's the cost of readiness uh, the cost mm-hmm. to be prepared so where device makers surgeon books a, a procedure and he, He's requesting a specific device for you know, a specific patient. And the device makers are, are sending in everything but the kitchen sink. Yeah. And in order to do that, um, there's, there's an enormous amount of dollar volumes that are invested and sustained in that 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 on-demand inventory where there and, and pricing pressures are have been out there for the past 25 years. As, as there's a race to the bottom, so to speak, for the costs of these devices, because the cost of care and the cost of reimbursement are just being those those reimbursements are being pushed down and down and down. So right. as there is as, as there only becomes a limited amount of dollars in play, uh, the device makers are challenged constantly with being able to manage appropriately the volume of inventory that they can send in for a specific procedure without breaking the bank. Um, yeah. With with, you know, you you don't you if, if you're gonna move your your home or whatever, you don't, you know, maybe you only need one semi. You don't need the entire United Van Lines fleet to be staged outside of your house when you realize you're only gonna use one of those vans. But if you can imagine the cost of having all of that staged sure. there, um, sort of eliminating redundancy, eliminating the need. So um, digital preoperative planning uh, comes into play. Um, uh, companies like us, and I'm excited to be involved with it, is helping manage that that supply chain in general. And then uh, then the the operative aspect where you find the explore OR guys are in there and And they're helping, you know, manage it more efficiently in the operating room itself to, again, just efficiency where, you know, there's guys out there that'll do, I mean, 300 joint procedures a year. That's a pretty busy surgeon. And then you've got guys out there that will do a thousand joint procedures in a year. And what it takes to get from 300 procedures to a thousand procedures is exponential. The
0: that's the organization, one, and
1: the coordination. One doctor
0: can do a thousand a year. Yes, absolutely. Wow.
1: Yeah, so in a well, a in a environment, he can. And, and and there's guys that are are probably have the aptitude and the ability the the um the ability to do that many, but their systems. Won't allow yeah. them to do that. Not not by rule. Only by capacity. So, yeah. you know that's and that's the goal, right? Is, is to do more efficiently and still be able to provide solid patient care. So you that's that's the one caveat yeah. to it all is you you can't sacrifice any patient care whatsoever. That's paramount. Everything. Yeah i've been doing for the past 20 years has been centrically focused on patient care patient outcomes making sure that that patient does fantastic and and and, and surgeons are in the same environment they're they're demanding that that happens so part of the challenges if you will is what your question was is giving the health system better ways to be able to serve more
0: better mm-hmm. Right, and removing the friction of within the process, within the supply chain, within the procedures. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're sort of managing a bunch of broken glass
1: and trying not to get cut all, yeah. all along the way. Um, so it, there, there's and there's always going to be challenges because it's always a a moving target, and you are talking about healthcare. So in healthcare. There's, there's no sign there. There's sciences to it, but they still call it practicing medicine for a reason. Right. So they're, they're constantly trying to achieve better, better results, uh, better patient outcomes. They want, they want mom, dad, grandma, and everybody to be able to run around the yard and and play catch with the ball, chase the dog and, and have a quality of life that is, uh, you know, that's sort of everlasting. Um, yeah. And and we have the technology and the technology exists to be able to do, to do that. Um, And then there's just all of those economic pressures to try and do that within a, uh, within
0: a budget, so to speak. Right. Fascinating. Well, that was really, really, uh, really interesting, Jim. Appreciate it. Um, What's the, what's your website again for Vested? Uh, vested Vested-medical.com. Awesome. Oh, that's all the questions I had and I appreciate you know you taking the time off this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks. I I I I, I love talking about it because I, I love thinking
1: about it. And, you know, and yeah. lately I've, I've been totally immersed in this this vest these vested conversations because it's it's something it's interesting how you know in in Europe what vested is doing is considered a, almost a standard of care. Um, really? You know, you, we we talk to hospitals here. Locally, about you know, do you, do you still do your own laundry? No, and they they they, they farm it out because there's people that can do it through economy of scale better, frankly, just better right. uh, and more efficient than than you can do it yourself. Um, and uh, and it again just in improving the improving the the
0: medical supply chain for better surgery. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I. You know, based on what you're saying, it doesn't seem like there's, you know, any other way to really efficiently get it done, um, unless they do a wholesale um, change out of facilities at you know, at the hospitals and surgery centers to be able to handle that sort of thing.
1: And there are. I mean, I I will. I I certainly I won't say that there aren't very sophisticated departments that exist out there that have been recently remodeled or refurbished or, or even just built that are run very efficiently and and they wouldn't need the types of services that, that, that we're, you know, that we're offering. So we're, it's not, it may not be for everybody, but, but with what we were talking about with this big push into the ambulatory surgery centers is some of these ambulatory surgery centers were designed to do ocular surgery and, uh, wrist pinnings and, and yeah. very, very relatively minor procedures. But as the payer push, as we were talking about, and the shift, surgeons are, orthopedic surgeons are now occupying those places, um, sheer economics, and the, these smaller facilities, they're, they just don't have the throughput, they are not designed to handle, you know, a, a, tr- a trunk load of instruments and and tools to be dropped off and be sterilized and then ultimately cleaned after surgery they just don't have the capacity to do that so that that, that's that's definitely one of our 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 key market segments right right are you guys worldwide right now no the epicenter uh alpha location is in uh elmhurst illinois um But we have an aggressive strategy to in within the next five years to open up thirty to thirty five sites uh, kind of wow. we talk about our target are the all the NFL all the major NFL cities. We will right. probably be in, in Atlanta uh, in the next six months Charlotte, Jacksonville, Baltimore, Syracuse Phoenix are some of the short term targets for us nice yeah it's 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 moving at a pretty good pace.
0: That sounds awesome. Trying Every to day. stay ahead of the curve. That's exactly right, and that's really what this was. This this podcast is is going to be all about is you know identifying that the curve and all these industries and figuring out if you're in front or behind or or uh, underwater. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm uh, yeah, happy to happy to participate. Uh, and you know we can touch base, and I can keep you posted as things are developing with us and as ground yeah. control kind of takes off and, um, we're, Definitely. we're working with like that. It's a, it's a really interesting platform.
0: Yeah. We probably, um, maybe set aside some time to look at that, um, in depth on another call. Okay. All right, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Right, Mike. See you okay. Bye. Bye.